I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast. So for me, you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports. For Eric, you get the kind of insight you can only get from a guy who's been a top player on the NFL stage. Top-notch quarterback. He played with the Bears, the Lions, the Chargers. He's been there. He lends his first-hand knowledge to the things that you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. Uh, you can find us on Radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, wherever you get your podcasts. The easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website, KramerandBrill.com. And the podcasts are listed on the podcast page. Or you could, don't have to go any further than the top of the home page where it says, just, you know, this is where our latest podcast is. Click there, take you right to the home page, and you can check it out, KramerandBrill.com. So let me introduce to you my friend and colleague and co-host Eric Kramer. Week 9 is in the books. Uh, we're heading down the home stretch, dude. Right. And <laughs> a lot of things that no one saw coming are happening, kind of like every year. And a lot of things that people expected to happen, like the Patriots being strong again, have also happened. Now, let's take a look at how we did. It was a week of uh, cardiac finishes, I guess you might call it, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, big guys who had big days. You had Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford, Tyler Lockett, Christian McCaffrey just really went off. Mike Evans and DK Metcalf, they were all solid for you. So now let's get to what we did for you. I, first of all, said this was the week New England was going to fall, and Eric said Baltimore is the first time the Pats were going to really face a dynamic offense. Patriots got hammered by the Ravens 37-20, never were in the game. Lamar Jackson did not have that great day, but the Ravens' defense did. We both liked Russell Wilson, who got some extra volume in overtime. you got to love that in fantasy. And with 378 yards and five touchdown passes, he was over 50 points in many fantasy leagues. I'd be um, remiss if I didn't mention that cost my wife the game. Uh, Garoppolo threw four TD passes, and we liked him. We always liked Matt Stafford, and his three TD passes and 406 were strong. Eric really liked Tyler Lockett, and I said DK Metcalf was going to go off for a couple of TD catches. Lockett had 13 for 152 and two scores. Metcalf had six for 132 and one score, plus he had seven yards rushing. Eric called Cousins and Winston back to the fold. Both had strong days, as did Derek Carr and even Kyler Murray. I said to ride Deshaun Watson, and a pair of scores and 200 yards was good enough. I said Kenyon Drake was going to be solid in Arizona in his first start. 110 yards and a touch, four catches. That put him over 28 fantasy points in PPR leagues. I said the game as far it would be the same for Emmanuel Sanders. Seven for 112 and a touch was solid. I really like Preston Williams with two scores and five catches. We both said to ride Josh Jacobs and his 120 and two touchdowns. Right uh, he, he's he's awesome. I just you know he came out of college. Everybody said he's the number one running back selected, but he hasn't run that much in college. Perfect. So why? Because he's gonna he's been saving it. I think you're dead on. I really do. All I he mean, needed to be was a number one guy. This guy could be a five year solid running back, no, not no. the normal normal no, normally no. just the three that we like to think about uh, as we do that. Uh, I said stick with the Steelers' defense and their takeaways, and they were aided by uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, a 96-yard return for a TD. Notice the big smile on your face. Yeah, it was fun to watch. (laughs) I mean, just watch. He's a ball hawk. I love that. And supposedly that's why he had a difference in Miami, but I guess it was more to it. Literally went from why did they get this guy to now we know exactly why they exactly. got Exactly. You know, the turnovers, the turnovers. So, uh, we like David Montgomery again, and two scores on three catches worked. And Noah Fant finally got off the snide. Three for 115 and a touch. Uh, we said if James Conner could not go, then throw out Jalen Samuels. He set a Steeler record, 13 catches for a running back and 19 fantasy points. I also like Duke Johnson this week, who was solid. Uh, Jordan Howard, 82 and a touch. Philip Lindsay, 92 and a touch. Carlos Hyde with 160. Didn't see that, but we liked him. Adrian 
and Peterson, I said, start again, and his 108 yards was good again. Uh, we said to sit Corey Davis, Terry McLaughlin, and also uh, B.C. Johnson was likely not going to be as good as the week before. We were dead on there. Uh, we slipped on Tevin Coleman, Sonny Michelle, Darren Waller, and Darren Fells. Both had off weeks, uh, as did Eric Ebron and Janu Smith. So, surprises, disappointments, what do you got? I got to go right back to the first guy you mentioned, Russell Wilson, and now his new sidekick, D.K. Metcalf. He's never had a DK Metcalf type no. of receiver before. I love that. Is just, I mean, when he catches the ball, if he's behind you, that's where he's going to stay. Yeah. And Russell Wilson came into the game with 17 touchdown passes and one interception. I did not know that. Yeah. Left the game with 22 touchdown passes and one interception. Just amazing. Both leading the league and came in that way, left that way. I thought Jordan Howard, when this game was, when he went to Philadelphia, and then when the schedules came out, knowing that they were going to be playing each other, mm-hmm. I thought this guy's going to go off that day, and he did. And he had a, you know, both he and the backup running back for Philly both had great days. And Jordan Howard, as good as David Montgomery did, and is now becoming more part of their offense, Jordan Howard outperformed him, and I thought that was impressive. The other thing is Dallas is, in my opinion, they kind of faltered there for three games in a row, but then they looked, especially in the second half substantially better than the Giants. Just outclass them in every way. Remember I said Deke, Zeke was going to go off in the first half and rack up a bunch of yards? He ended up with 139. Didn't get a touch, right. but he had 139 right. yards. So. Right, but it was just nice, um, I think, to see. You always like to see good teams come together, and this team is put together very well. And now they're hitting at now they're at the midway point in the season, and this is where a lot of teams can go one way or the other, and the Cowboys, I think, are going in the right direction. Uh, then we got some coaches on the hot seat mm-hmm. now at this point in the year, and it's interesting because you got, you know, uh, Shermer there in, with the Giants, Nagy actually with mm-hmm. the Bears, and uh, Adam Gase and Freddie Kitchens come to mind as far as coaches that have not fulfilled expectations at all. You see that happening in Chicago? I do. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I think the big cause of it is that Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. That they 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 mortgaged draft picks to go get him, and left behind the possibility of getting either Deshaun Watson or um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and then now their season is suffering for that one single reason. And uh, so I I do I think Nagy's himself now gonna be he's got to win out or he's got to win a lot of he's got to get in the playoffs I think otherwise next year. Probably will be his last year in Chicago. If they don't look like they're going to go to the playoffs, is he gone before the season's end? I, I don't think so. I think they're going to give uh, Nagy and every and the Bears the chance to turn the season around. I think they've got the defense to do it, although they haven't really shown up like mm-hmm. that after the first couple of games. So we'll see. But I think, uh, you know, you asked me about disappointments. Uh, um, I'm not really, I guess, surprised by this, but... I'm really disappointed that Baker Mayfield has, and I guess I bring this up every week, but he has really just fallen flat on his face this year, and you could almost see it coming because he had a decent first year or parts of a decent first year, but then he just started calling people out, and it it just seemed like he was so full of himself. Did you, did you watch that game? This past game? Yeah. No. There was an uh, instance in that game, and I was going to bring it up later, but I'll bring it up now. The announcers were talking about how, and it was so 
obvious. Beckham was wide open. He was 10 yards behind. Oh, on the last fourth down play, yeah. And he went over the middle to uh, Landry, Mm -hmm. I believe it was. And he never even looked at Beckham. And Beckham came off the field, and Beckham was on the sidelines. The announcers were talking about, why don't you throw to one of the best playmakers of the game? Mm -hmm. And the look on Beckham's face and the the body language and everything was like, I want out of here. This is so freaking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I... What do I have to do to get the ball thrown to me? And I'm thinking, that's why I'm going with Beckham this week, because I think in the locker room afterwards, I'm, I, I, I think there was some confrontation. I, I can't. I have nothing to base it on yeah. outside of the fact that there should have been some confrontation. Very well could be. I, I just When I think back at some of the better receivers in the history of the game, even the guys that played while I played in the, mostly in the 90s, um, you know, would the 49ers not be designing a play for Jerry Rice with the mm-hmm. game online? Yeah. Like, designing the play for him. And that was the exact quote that uh, one of the announcers used uh, who, who said, if I got Jerry Rice, why am I not throwing to him? You know, and that's what Beckham is today. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I didn't get that. But, uh, you know, and the other, uh, in addition to Baker Mayfield, what is going on in Denver, and why is Drew, not, Drew Locke not playing. I mean, their their season's kind of over. Yeah. So why not play him now for the rest of the season? And playing some other guy they picked up. I don't get it. I don't either. Uh, and then your Pittsburgh Steelers, who were literally on life support, <laughs> now they were on have, life support the game too. now have turned in a four game streak have now reestablished themselves as a contender in their own division. Yeah. So I I, I like that. Now and, and I love. Here's a big surprise for me, Matt Moore. Yeah, um, that, very much so. That he's playing, and that he's playing so well, and that he wasn't even playing last year yeah. is amazing. I mean, that just goes to show you the talent level around him, what he's doing himself, which I think is phenomenal, and what Andy Reid, the influence he still has over whoever plays quarterback in Kansas City. Um, and then I think Derek Carr also um, – Everybody kind of forgot about him. He had a good, mm-hmm. you know, the year before was excellent. Last year was Off not. Year. And then he has quietly put together a very solid year. And I think the Raiders are a very good team that have not quite yet gotten over the hump, but it was a big win for them against the Lions, I think, to keep Rude's their season going. has got going in the right direction. He does. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing, I want to go back to the Pittsburgh game. Uh, is of course. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, a team that's on a roll, or is barely on life support or cardiac games, has something luck that kicks in. And the Steelers don't always have a lot of luck. Um, I've never been in favor of team. My teams have never been lucky teams. Um, But when you look at what happened at the end of that game, how many times in the history of the world does Adam Vinatieri, on a game-winning field goal, kick the dirt? Before the ball. <laughs> Kick the dirt about a foot behind the ball. Yeah. That's what I do in golf. Yeah. <laughs> or how many times does a pro field goal holder yeah. intentionally spin the laces backward so that they're facing the kicker's foot? Now, see, I didn't catch that. Wow, that, 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 that's amazing. I know he, he reached off to the right to bring the ball back. And then yeah, but so what? Whole motion, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I've never seen a kicker in history – not only miss the goalpost, but miss the net behind the goalpost. Yeah, yeah, it, he it, was it, that it was, far from the time he left. left his his foot. You could tell it was, there was no way he was making it. So, 
All right, on the injury front, one big one here. The most targeted rookie wideout, Preston Williams in Miami, injured his knee, could be out a couple of weeks. George Kittle injured his knee early, but did return. Uh, keep an eye on his status. A big one here, too, is Jacoby Brissett. Now, he missed mm-hmm. most of the game with the Steelers due to a knee injury. Uh, the Colts' Paris Campbell injured his hand, but played well anyway. Uh, keep an eye on him. T.J. Hawkinson, again in the concussion protocol. Eagles' Elshon Jeffrey tweaked an ankle. That could be problematic. Tight end Ricky Seals-Jones went out with a knee injury. Deshaun Jackson had an abdomen injury. Uh, Adam Thielen re-injured his hammy. Uh, James Conner is still recovering, along with Mahomes, David Johnson, and D.D. Westbrook. T.Y. Hilton went down earlier in the week. Could be out three to four weeks. Now, an update on one of the things we just found out early today was that Mark Walton, uh, the Miami running back, number one running back there, who's taken over duties after uh, Drake was traded, uh, has been suspended for four weeks. It's not a drug thing. It's an arrest issue from uh, the offseason. Um, so if you are... Uh, going to need a bye week running back, you might want to seriously look at uh, Kalen Balaj because he's going to step into the uh, number one role. I think most of us, honestly, that pay attention to fantasy football didn't even know Miami still had a team this year. Yeah, no. <laughs> But thanks but, for you the know, update. They played the Jets, so I mean, you know, so I mean, yeah. that that was uh, an interesting week, and and Walton didn't have a bad game. He had an average game, uh, you know, eight points or something like that, which mm-hmm. uh, you know was okay for a bye week uh, flex guy. Uh, so what about this one? Steelers confirmed they showed interest in trading for Le'Veon Bell when he was on the block with the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I did, it matters nothing right now because that date came and went. And Seattle picks up Josh Gordon as a third wide receiver. What's next? Antonio Brown in Dallas? <laughs> or yeah, well, just like in the town of Dallas, maybe, but not for the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Dallas, I said Zeke would go off, and he did. 139. Uh, we liked Amari Cooper, who had a touch, 80 yards and four catches. Same with Dak Prescott, who had a really strong 3D TD night. Mm-hmm. So trending up this week: Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Ryan Fitzpatrick, DK Metcalf, and Brandon Allen, and Jalen Samuels. Trending down this week: Tom Brady, Mason Rudolph, James. Connor, Mitch Trubisky, Dwayne Haskins, Mohamed Snu, and Odell Beckham. So this is our uh, seventh. I think more than trending down. Yeah. I'm going to go and say Mitch Trubisky is now off the ledge. Ooh. Oh. Oh my. Ready to jump? Bears fans ready to jump? I think he's been pushed. Okay. Or just took a big step backward. Okay. He's off. All right. Well, we'll uh, have to wait and see with this one. You know, it, it's one of those things. I, I think you're dead on. I really do. I think you're definitely right on. When uh, I watch him play, just mechanically and fundamentally, he is not He's not playing like an NFL quarterback. He's the worst passing quarterback in the NFL. They had another guy years ago. Remember Bobby, uh, Bobby Douglas? Yeah. Guy could yeah. run like the wind. Yeah. And had most, you know, over 1,000 yards rushing one year, but couldn't hit. 40% of his passes. No, so. no. That's what he's, that, that is a category Mitch Trubisky is now finding himself in. So it's going to take, I think, this will be the greatest comeback story or one of in modern times right now that if he's able to come back from this because he has dug himself confidence-wise and in every other way a tremendous hole to try to get out of. And he's got a fantastic team around him. Yeah. That's got to be really frustrated. And pressure field for him because mm-hmm. he knows there's great talent around him and he's the one guy that's not coming through let's go to the waiver wire this is our seventh bye week so missing from the action are denver houston jacksonville new england philadelphia and washington so if you have guys on those teams you want to replace them and that's why this next section is so important the waiver wire uh, the guys you should be looking at matt moore continues to draw attention 
Brandon Allen showed he could play in the NFL with Denver. Ryan Tannehill, Brian Hoyer, if Brissett continues to stay out. Devin Singletary had 95 yards and a score plus three catches. Jalen Samuels, a solid pickup, especially if James Conner continues to sit. Now, we still like Duke Johnson and Ronald Jones. We always have liked Zach Pascal all along, and especially now with T.Y. Hilton injured. And Andy Isabella will draw some nods uh, with his 88-yard touchdown catch. Uh, James Washington in Pittsburgh seems to be getting more ta- uh, targets from Mason Rudolph, so he's a solid shot. I'm sticking with Noah Fant as well as Jacob Hollister in Seattle, a tight end after his 2-TD day. Uh, Nick Boyle getting some targets in Baltimore. Uh, You might also take a look at Jesse James in Detroit if Hawkinson is out again with a concussion. The Cowboys' Blake Jarwin, whoever he was, uh, will draw some looks at tight end after a one-catch 42-yard day. So, let's go to the games. Thursday night, we'll start it right there. Chargers at Raiders. Big AFC West matchup. Chargers coming off an impressive win over Green Bay. The Raiders went over Detroit. Question is, do the Chargers finally have their act together? Every def- offensive player had a solid day against the tough Packers defense, but it was the Chargers D which set the tone. Oakland, not Green Bay, and I'd push the envelope this week if you have them, start them in Chargerland, even though they are on the road. As for the Raiders, I'm liking everyone here too. It's a Thursday uh, showcase game, a key divisional game, so it's not to like. I wouldn't hesitate starting anyone on either team on this game. Yeah, and I, when you say Oakland's not Green Bay offensively, I'm not so sure about that. I think they're more, I think they've got more than Green Bay yeah. offensively. They've got, like, Green Bay doesn't have a Darren Waller. Um, Derek Carr. Now, Jimmy Graham is there, but he's not. He's not Waller. He's not even close to Waller, um, as an every down tight end. And then Derek Carr, in my opinion, is playing just as well, if not better, right now than Aaron Rodgers. Really? And I think the rest. Josh Jacobs. Does Green Bay have a yeah, Josh Jacobs? Well, no. You know, uh, Adams Adam, is good. It, yeah, know, but he's Adam, not Josh Jacobs. Nope. Aaron I, Jones I, I, is excellent, but I'm just saying, like, the Raiders, I think, offensively have a lot more than people so far have given them credit for. And I think this part of the season is where I believe they will start to separate themselves and jump into that next category. This They're going to have to. This would be the game to do it. This would be the game to do it. This would be a great leapfrog game for them. Uh, Ravens at Bengals, starting there with Sunday. Uh, Ravens are for real, so are the Bengals, a real losing team. Uh, the Bengals are coming off a bye, and this will be baptism under fire for the rookie from North Carolina State Imagine heading up that. Cincinnati. I hate to put, be Ryan Finley this week, making his debut against Baltimore. Hey, me too. Uh, the Ravens uh, pretty much had their way with the Patriots, and coming off a big win, expect a bit of a letdown against the winless Bengals, but uh, they're all starters here too, so how can you not? I mean, you know. And right, but to go back to Ryan Finley for just a minute. Okay, the Ravens are a very good defense, um, but I do believe that Ryan has, at least in college, and now he sat on the bench for several weeks and all through training camp, and I think he's learned quite a bit. He's a smart guy anyway. He got an extra year or two at North Carolina State as a graduate. First, he was a transfer from Boise State, and then by being a graduate, he ultimately played an extra year there too. And I think he's, in my opinion, I think he has shown the ability to get the ball to the right guy, anticipate what defenses do, and throw on time and throw in rhythm. And if he can, if, if early in the game, if he can stay out of being hit too much or being sacked too much and get that early fumble that turns into an easy mm-hmm. score for the defense, if he can stay out of that situation, I think he'll have a chance to do him well throughout the game. So are all North Carolina State uh, uh, quarterbacks smart guys? I don't know that, but I <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, the ones that are playing now, I think, have shown um, 
that, okay, you take Philip Rivers. I mean, while he was at NC State, he was a fantastic quarterback. Unorthodox, but fantastic. And has been that every step of the way throughout his NFL career. He's probably the ugliest mechanical-looking oh quarterback there play. is, right? I hate watching and him And he's play. kind of, he's not super athletic right now, but he's also the guy that just beat Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So he does a lot of things that add up to victories at the end of games. So, yeah, I think, um, and the guys, like I said, if uh, Jacoby Brissett, I'm very impressed with. Of course, Russell Wilson might be the MVP right now of the right. league. So, yeah, there's some good talent coming out of that school. Bills at Browns, ugly game of the week, uh, but a key AFC matchup. Now, I'm liking Dave, Devin Singletary uh, against a weak run defense of the Browns. I actually like Josh Allen here if you need a bye week guy. And while he really had an off week, Frank Gore might be worth a play. In Cleveland, I'm going to recommend for the first time in a long time Odell Beckham. Uh, we mentioned earlier, if you yep. saw that frustration during the game, I think think the lock, there might have been a locker room confrontation. I think he's going to get more targets this week. It's certainly more than he had. Uh, Chubb's solid, and you may think about uh, Demetrius Harris since uh, uh, Seals-Jones went down a tight end. Yeah, and I think, you know, the I believe the Bills are one of the surprise teams of this year, at least for me. I did yeah, not I did see too. them being this strong um, in the win-loss column, but they still offensively, nobody really stands out to me for them like you said you know Josh Allen might be a start if you don't have anybody else better but he's you know for him a good game is 185 yards and a Mm -hmm. couple touchdowns yeah but he might get one running too right so he's not going to hurt you um he's not making the key fumble or interception like he did last year so he's learning and getting better but um you know I I know you said you like Odell Beckham this year uh this week I'm not so sure what happened at the end of last game is going to propel him because he's still got Baker Mayfield making decisions and throwing right. the ball. He's still got a porous offensive line in front of him. He's still got to get the ball to the other guys too. And their best part of their offense right now, the most consistent part, is their running game. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, which makes me like, um, you know, their running game and Nick Chubb. So I, you know... I like nothing to do with the Browns passing game, but I do like Nick Chubb in this. All right. Lions and Bears, your turn. You're up. (laughs) Well, uh, here we go. I I think, you know, I like the Lions. Offensively, I like, um, you know, Stafford's having a great year. He's coming off a great game. They just lost to the Raiders. Um, They're at the Bears, and the Bears defense, who everybody thought you could count on, all of a sudden you can't. The bear, the, the Bears' offense is just horrible right now. So, I would say that the Lions, offensively, there's nobody I don't think I would play. I'm not sure I'd play their running game, you know, I, I, I or the running back. No, but no, I, I, I've got them off the running back list. And the Bears typically have a a very negative impact on the opposing team's running back. But uh, I think Stafford will have. You know what it takes, and I think their offensive passing game will have what it takes to get the job done. Well, I, you know, both teams are coming off tough losses, as you mentioned. And Montgomery, I think it's a play here. Well, in Detroit, I do like Stafford, but the Bears, they got to rebound on defense. So I, I would be really careful about Stafford. I, they, they could just put it all together. I do like Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. I, again, I don't like the running backs at all. Uh, Giants and Jets. Well, 
Giants let the Cowboys slip away, and the real boys showed up in a big Monday night game in yep. which I uh, saw Prescott just pick apart the Giants' defense. Uh, Saquon Barkley's 28 yards rushing, were only salvaged with six catches. Daniel Jones did better running than passing, 50 yards uh, compared to just 210 and a touch and a pick. Uh, but against the crosstown rival Jets, why not take your shots? Uh, the Jets actually got Bell involved with 17 carries and eight catches on nine targets. He was involved, uh, as far as touches go, he was involved in 26 plays, uh, which is quite a bit. That's almost half. Uh, best game of the year, so maybe this is going to turn around for them. Uh, Darnell was better. Cowder and Griffin seemed to find home. So I'm liking at least Bell and the receivers for the Battle of New York. Every week, it seems this year, there seems to be an anemic game, at least one. <laughs> and I think this is this week's. And, and the it, thing unfortunately, about it is, it's on Monday night. The thing about it is, the NFL is really counting on this. It's New York at New York. Right. It's Monday night. It's showcase. The ratings are going to be in the toilet. Exactly. <laughs> and it, this is one of another game where it looks like both of these teams are trying to lose somehow. And uh, so I think the Jets apparently or to me, they look more anemic. The Jets could use Jalen Hurts. They could use a <laughs> lot of people right now, and Jalen Hurts among them, I guess. But uh, they just look I, – I, I, I don't know. It, I think the Jets have to do something drastically better than what they've done. You mentioned, Will, um, you know, could uh, – what was the coach you said? Could he lo- – get Nagy. Nagy. Could he lose his job before the end of the season? I don't think so, but I think Adam Gase could. Yeah. Because they look so inept, just top to bottom in every offense, defense, special teams, all of it. Uh, And Darnold, you would think, would have – now he would be coming around this year. Mm. He's not. No. So, I don't know. I I see the Giants probably having the best chance to win this game, but I don't think it's going to be any sort of explosion offensively for either team. Chiefs and Titans. Chiefs all over the Titans this week. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ryan Tannehill is playing well enough to give the Chiefs D some concern. As expected, A.J. Brown looks like a player. Derrick Henry has been inconsistent, but has put together two good games in a row. I'm actually starting Corey Davis this week. I I rarely will say that, but uh, it's like the Beckham thing. He's due, and I think Tannehill is going to target him more than five times. So for the Chiefs, look to start anyone, including Damian Williams, who rushed for 124 last time out. Matt Moore playing solid, and even Sammy Watkins looks like he's back. So the running backs, eh, pretty much touchdown dependence, so you got to be kind of careful there. Yeah, and I, as we talked about earlier, I love what Matt Moore is doing right now. He is, in my opinion, he's the guy to have right now because he's got a great play caller. He's got tons of weapons around him. He's shown that he can do some of the things, if not all of the things, that Patrick Mahomes. He's not the athlete Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have the arm he has. Uh, probably doesn't have the creativity he has, but he, he has a lot. He gets them in the right play. He gets the ball to the right guy. He's perform now in the clutch so I think he's uh, I, I love I still love everything about the Chiefs offense and um, you know I think as you mentioned Tannehill is playing well enough for the Titans at least offensively to have a guy or two but I think their main guy is Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and and he's the one guy I think you can count on week to week kind of like Leonard Fournette surprised me right. this year right I think Derrick Henry's developing into that kind of guy. You know, 10 weeks ago, who would have thought that this game would be Tannehill and Moore? 
You know, right. like, <laughs> I, nope. we may not have thought Mariota, no but you know, it's still, uh, Cardinals at Buccaneers. Jameis Winston does seem to be racking up fantasy points, and against the Cardinals, I'd expect more of the same. He did not throw a pick and had three thirty-five plus two scores. Now, I'd expect more of the same of that. Kyler Murray may be doing much the same, but I'm good with Kenyon Drake, or starting for sure. Christian Kirk is one to watch, coming off the ankle injury, but he still led the team in targets. Uh, Dynasty coaches might uh, like to stash Andy Isabella, who has plenty of upside. Not sure if that translates to more than uh, one target in this game, uh, despite that 88-yard touchdown catch. But for fantasy uh, dynasty leagues, I think it's something you want to look at. Yeah, and I I like what you're saying about Jameis Winston. Um, you know, uh, they're going to be at home. He's coming off a strong game in which they they played a very good Seattle Seahawks team and just came up a little bit short, but not because Jameis Winston didn't come through. Right. And uh, I think that the Cardinals, I think – Offensively, last week, they were good in spots. But, again, they've got a first-year quarterback. Um, they've got a first-year head coach. I think it's going to be hard for them to go travel now across the country and put another solid performance out on the field. I do like the Buccaneers in this one, I th- I, and I think I like the offensive players, including Jameis Winston and uh, and who's the, their number one wire? Mike Evans. I, I love Mike Evans right now, what he's doing this year. Yeah, he's just going off. Falcons and Saints. Falcons coming off a bye week. Uh, give Matt Ryan an extra week to heal. Watch the injury reports on him this week. But if he's good to go, you can start him. If not, start Matt Schaub. Uh, I'm good with all the receivers, but I'm not sold on Devonta Freeman or Brian Hill this week. Uh, New Orleans also coming off a bye week. Your only concerns are whether uh, Camara and uh, or Kamara, excuse me, and Cook are healed enough to play. If they are, then there starts. If not, you got Latavius Murray in there for sure. Yeah, and who would have thought, as you mentioned before, that the, the Tennessee Titans game <laughs> would be coming? You know, we were talking about Derrick Henry and yeah. uh, I forget who else she said, Matt Moore. But here we go now with similar with the Falcons and the Saints. And the two two of the question marks coming into this game are Matt Ryan and, and uh, uh, Drew Brees. Yeah. I mean, Drew's coming off a solid game, but he's also coming off an injury. Right. So uh, I, I like the Saints in this. They're at home. Um, I think the Saints offensively, uh, you know, between Drew Brees and and uh, uh, was it Michael uh, Thomas, um, you can't miss with either one of those guys. Yeah, they're both solid. And Kamar is kind of a question mark week to week, but if he's healthy enough to play, I'd, I'd start him out. Oh, I would too. Yeah, well. you, you got to. I mean, and you know, the nice thing about he's Latavius Murray's playing very well. He is. You know, yep. and uh, so you know, I mean, if uh, if you are in a situation where you have Murray and uh, Kamara's Looks like he's not going to play it. Murray's a definite start. Dolphins at Colts. Colts, uh, you'll need to keep an eye on the injury reports for Brissett. And if he can't go, Brian Hoyer filled in good if you need Very a quarterback. Well. Yep. Uh, Zach Pascal is at least a flex play, and Chester Rogers is too. And if you need a tight end, either Doyle or Ebron are worth a look, but don't expect much from either. Marlon Mack is a go. And this is a team which needs to win this game, and the Dolphins should be uh, a way for them to rebound. Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing solid for the Dolphins, so feel free to start him. Keep an eye on Preston Williams, but he's probably out. And for Mark Walton, uh, you're not going to uh, have him at all this week due to the fact that he was uh, suspended. Uh, Mike Gusecki uh, should be in your mix at tight end, especially if Preston Williams is sitting. It should offer more opportunities for the tight end, as well as for Alan Hearns, who we haven't heard much of this year, and Devonta Parker. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned at the beginning how Brian Hoyer came in and did a fantastic job filling in for an injured co- Jacoby Brissett. Um, and I think the Colts offensively, I've been saying it all year long, that uh, you know they're they're a dynamic offense, 
you know, and they make plays when they need to make them to win games. They obviously came up a little bit short this past week, but, um, you know, I think they were a field goal, uh, you know, what you would normally count on mm-hmm. uh, uh, Adam Vinatieri to come through didn't, and that's why they lost the game. Yeah. So typically they're going to hit that. He's going to hit that field goal. The Colts probably should have won that game, but like you said, as far as who's going to win this game, I like the Colts and I like their offensive players. Um to, do, to get the job done uh, fantasy football-wise. I don't even want to talk about penalties. So. <laughs> Rams <laughs> and Steelers. <laughs> yeah, going into the Steelers game. Rams and Steelers. This is an interesting game. This is going to split my household, actually. Uh, as the defense goes, so go the Steelers and offense, uh, James Conner is still the key. You mean uh, they're the last to come around, apparently aren't coming around yet for the Rams. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Juju seems to have dropped down to a wide receiver two at best. And as mentioned previously, James Watts, uh, Washington is getting more targets. And I like him as at least a flex play. Rudolph just isn't getting to throw the ball downfield enough for me to start him. And Jalen Samuels is a definite start if Connor doesn't go. He's definitely getting over-targeted in the passing game. The Rams coming uh, off a of bye week will be tough. And they will really test the Steeler defense. So I'd take Goff, Cup, and pretty much any Ram receiver this week with Josh Reynolds over Robert Woods. And I'm not liking Gurley at all this week. I agree with pretty much everything you said, although it just occurred to me that the Rams with an extra week, if you think back to the last year in mm-hmm. Super Bowl, they had that extra week. Right. And the guy that felt the worst after that game, I think, was Sean McVay because he tried to do too much. Right. So will th- that's the question I have here. Will they do too much to try to prepare for probably the hottest team in the league right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I'm not so sure... Goff has really under-impressed me so far this he year. He hasn't been that great this year. He's had a couple of really good games, and then it's like, you know, really pedestrian or less. Right, but the one guy that has shown up every week for them in a big way has been Cooper yeah, Cup. big time. Uh, Gurley's kind of hit and miss, and uh, I don't really see anybody else offensively for them as being consistent either. So I would go with Cooper Cup. Um, I think with the Steelers, um, I think like you, I would pay more attention to James Washington. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster right now is the guy that you can count on. But I would, if I had Jalen Samuels, I would play him at least as a flex player. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that 13 catches out of the backfield, well, that's a Steeler record. And nobody's ever had that before. And you look back at the running backs they've had. I mean, they had Le'Veon Bell, you know, as a, as a wide receiver. And don't forget they like him to throw the ball. Yeah, that's they true. like to move <laughs> around and get yeah. him, so he could end up the game with a touchdown pass. He could on a trick play. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like your thinking. <laughs> Panthers at Packers. Packers were stunned last week for the Chargers, and I would look for them to rebound, but stopping Christian McCaffrey is not in the cards. Uh, they may shut down Kyle Allen and Curtis Samuel, but I'd be uh, definitely playing DJ Moore. Um, Allen has been targeting him more often. Carolina's defense is better than the Chargers, but Aaron Rodgers has so many weapons, I, I wouldn't bet against any of them. If Carolina can generate a pass rush, and it should, it could be another long day for all the offensive players in Green Bay. I'm not sold uh, that it's going to happen, but but I'd pretty much go for Packer players, at least any of them, in a flex play. Yeah, I think what showed up, and I did watch this game, the Packers against the, the Chargers last week, and what it what became obvious is that the Packers' offensive line could not keep out just a simple four-man rush from the Chargers. And they didn't have to blitz to get pressure on Rodgers mm-hmm. and get him sacked and get him hit after throws and affect throws that he was making down the field. And I think if the Panthers can do that, they can play a base defense and still control 
Green Bay Packers offense who have kind of been more miss than hit this year. Sort of that mid what they do in the middle of every year. They sort of, you know, kind of, they're really going strong, and then, and then they pick up later. Yeah, but I, I think the Panthers offensively, North Turner's been calling uh, great games this year, and Kyle Allen has been responding as the quarterback, and the Panthers' defense has played well at times. So I think this could be a very close game, in my opinion, that could come down to the last drive or two of the game. And... I I believe that Kyle Allen is uh, doing a great job this year at getting the ball in nearly every game to the right guy at the right time and keeping them in a lot of games this year to give themselves chances to win, and they've got the record to show for it. Vikings and Cowboys. Now, this could be a real barn burner with Dallas taking the best of it. Uh, Zeke is coming off 139 yards last night. Uh, Prescott hit three TDs. Amari Cooper had a fine day with 80 yards and a score. The old man Jason Witten caught eight passes. Blake Jarwin caught a 42-yard touchdown pass as well for the Cowboys. Vikings seem like a team in disarray to me. I don't know. Thielen is out with a re-injured hammy, so you want to bench him. Diggs had only one catch on just four targets, so what's up with that? Uh, he should return to form this week against the Cowboys. And I'm liking Bissy Johnson again, despite only two targets and a touchdown down last time out and I'm back on Kirk Cousins this week uh, Dalvin Cook of course is a start due to volume so you're going to go with Kirk Cousins even though all year long he's mm-hmm. been fantastic except for a bear game uh, well, there's been a couple of games he was kind of pedestrian I well didn't his like last, last four game. or five games have been unbelievable uh, you liked him the last game I just didn't like him the last game well I, I, I think this could be the game of the week because the Vikings are playing very well they've had a solid month they just came off a uh, a big game this past week. The Cowboys are looking fantastic as of last night. And uh, I don't know. I think that offensively this is going to be a shootout type of game. I, I don't right. see the Cowboys stopping the Vikings. And I don't think see the Vikings, even though they have a pretty good defense too, I think the Cowboys offensively now are, are they're hitting their stride. So I think this could be, fantasy football-wise, a fantastic uh, game. I do, too. I think it's a start for so many players. You know, the interesting thing was, uh, you know, Zeke ran for 139 yards in this last game. He did not get targeted once. They did not throw the ball to him once, which it's only happened like a couple of times in his career. Right. And where do you, how many catches did he, sh- did he end, the, end the season with last year? It was in uh, the 60s, I think. Yeah, or, something like that. And, yeah. and, it was, and not to get targeted in a game uh, was really surprising. But then, you know... They won. They played well. They threw the ball around to everybody else. So, Seahawks at 49ers. That's the Monday night game. Big test here. Russell Wilson coming off a massive 5 TD day and an OT win. Uh, he won't do that against the Niners, but he will be solid. I uh, both, like both Lockett and Metcalf again. Uh, Jacob Hollister seems to have found some action at tight end. Josh Gordon did get signed by the Seahawks this week, coming off an knee injury in his history. I don't see him even as a threat to play. Uh, he's not fantasy relevant yet. Uh, San Francisco still shares the ball between Coleman and Breida, so if you must, uh, let it lay as a flex. Uh, Garoppolo and Sanders are solid plays, as is Kittle if he's healthy. And, of course, the defense, although it had a bit of a letdown last week, uh, that won't happen even against Seattle. Yeah, I think... Uh the biggest surprise to me in this past week in the in the 49er game was that Kittle got hurt so early and it looked so severe yet he played the entire game mm-hmm. and and was productive and i think the fact that he i would anticipate he'll play again this coming week i which i think is a big story cuz most guys i don't think would would play after what happened to him in his left knee last week so i again san francisco to me is one of the big stories of the year and I I like offensively this should be a fantastic game because they're both coming off very good offensive weeks 
And it's a Monday Night Showcase. There you go. So. Okay, there you have it. This week's Fantasy Football Podcast. Join us each coming Tuesday for a look at the upcoming NFL games. You can find us on Radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, wherever you get your podcasts. Easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website, KramerandBrill.com, and the podcasts are listed on the podcast page. You can find them by clicking at the top of the homepage. Check it out, KramerandBrill.com. Uh, this podcast is property of Brill Productions, and any unauthorized use, such as charging for its contents, is strictly prohibited. We do encourage you to share the podcast for free, however. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. Join us next time for Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast.